Church, say Jesus. We want to welcome all our campuses and all the people out there watching online and all the military. Let's give all the people out there a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Can we have all of y'all stand up? Have all y'all stand up. Everybody ready for church today? Come on. If you were here, how many of y'all were here last week? Raise your hand. All the campuses. Oh, very, oh, hey, okay, okay. So you're ready. We come to church. Lord challenged me. Get in my business. Say, Lord, get in my business. Um, if you're new, my name is Miles and the Pastor. How y'all doing? If you're new, uh, we want God to speak something to us and challenge us. We don't want to be the same. And we want God to challenge our thought processes, our reasoning, how we see the world, because we want to see the world his way, not our way. Amen. And we have to constantly, constantly. So if, if you hear something that's like, eh, check it with God. Check it with God. Okay. Lord, uh, thank you so much. I pray you get in our business today. We want to live a prophetic life. We want you to give us a word that we can speak that can become a thing that expands the kingdom of God. We want to be that person. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you move, before you move, I'm going to ask you to do uh, one thing. It has three steps. You're going to look at someone next to you or someone around you you do not know. You're going to ask them their name. They're going to ask you your name. And then you are going to say using their name two things. God sees you. Everyone say, God sees you. God sees you. And God loves you. Say, God loves you. God loves you. Real simple, three things. What's your name? Jimmy, God sees you. God loves you. And then pause for a very awkward moment. <laughs> Go. <laughs> <laughs> How many of y'all were awkward? <laughs> How many of y'all got blessed? <laughs> amen, amen, amen. How many of y'all in all the campuses, how many of y'all were blessed saying it? Amen, amen. How many of y'all were blessed in receiving it? Amen. It's all good, it's all good, it's all good. Let's see your Bibles on the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Very good. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. I'm going to tell you a little story then. I'm going to read from Jeremiah chapter 1. It's right in the middle of the Bible. In my Bible it is page, I don't have a page. Oh, here it is. 718. Don't look for page 718. It will not be in your Bible. How many by a show of hands, and let me ask the full question, um, and when you raise your hand, we like to put our elbow above our ear, not a little T-Rex thing right here. We want <laughs> How many by a show of hands here on a regular basis, negativity, you're a failure, you're never going to be anything, God's not going to bless you, that stuff they say at church doesn't apply to you, God's not going to speak to you, uh, uh, Why? just quit, you're ugly, you're dumb, anybody? 
Just raise your hand real high. Okay, keep your hand up really high. Keep your hand. Look around the room. You're not alone. Everyone say, I'm not alone. <laughs> say, oh, snap, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. How many of y'all wake up and before you can even open your eyes, it just descends on you, that garbage. Can I get amen? <clears throat> You're not alone. I'm with you on that. I was in Hawaii uh, a few years ago walking on a cliff and just looking at the scenery and it went straight down 500 feet to rocks. You know, it's just no fence. It's just Hawaii. It's just kind of like you walk at your own risk. But that's what makes it beautiful. So I'm walking about this far away from the cliff kind of like, like I don't want an accident to be an accident to be an accident, right? And I felt this presence came over me and it said jump. It was so real that even when I think about it now, years later, I get, my heart starts racing. It was so real that I literally had to move away from the cliff because I felt like it was going to push me over. It was so powerful. Just end it. Just end it. It's the devil. The devil is constantly discouraging you, trying to destroy your relationship with God, trying to destroy your relationship with who God made you to be, trying to beat you down, tell you negativity all day long. He speaks to you. And by the way, he'll say the same thing over and over again because he's got three, he just needs three or four tricks for you. They're the same things. He understands your pain. So he's, I'm going to get you there, there, there. He's not going to, he's going to have to create a whole bunch of new stuff. And by the way, he don't create a bunch of new stuff for all of us. He just has different variations of the same thing. If the devil can speak to you, why can't God? <laughs> I have so many people say, well, you, you're saying that God can speak to us. He only speaks to us through the written word. I said, listen, listen, the Holy Spirit that lives in us wants to speak to us just like the evil spirit speaks to us even more so. If, the, if, if God is limited to, by the way, God will never say anything contradictory to this word, obviously. He will only say stuff that builds this word and, and builds on this word. Can I get an amen? He's not going to give you something new. That's, he's just going to apply this to your life. But if God doesn't speak to you, he can never say your name. Because your name is not in that book. God says, he calls my name Miles all the time. <laughs> like, what's up, man? <laughs> all the time. <laughs> that ain't in there. And so my point is that if the devil can speak to you for destruction, so, so much so, so God wants to speak to you for life. Last week we started this series called The Prophet. And we talked about what a prophet is because we're reading through the Bible. And today we're reading through starting the book of Jeremiah, which is why we're going to read the first chapter, part of the first chapter. But I want you to look at your notes at the definition of a prophet that we talked about. Because we're looking at the similarities between the Old Testament prophets and today people through whom the Holy Spirit wants to speak. Someone who declares a word, and we'll say a word, that becomes a thing, say thing, that expands the kingdom of God. What does that mean? We talked about this last week. A word is an image, an actual word, a, an impression, an idea, a vision, an insight, an, a, a, a feeling that God can communicate to you. Next week we will talk about how to get that word and how to communicate it to people. Next week. God gives you a word. But when God speaks a word, he fulfills it and turns it into a thing. What does that mean? He turns it into hope. He turns it into a church in a building. God told me we would have a church in this property. That was a word. He fulfilled it and turned it into a thing. And that thing expands the kingdom of God, which is exactly what this does. And so God wants to speak stuff to you that turns into something into someone else that he fulfills. He does the 
the transforming. You don't do that. You just speak the word. When y'all just said God sees you and God loves you, and you said, oh, I like it. It felt good. What happened was God turned those words into hope, into encouragement, to affirmation. Like, wow, God sees me. God loves me. It may be, I don't know, that some of you haven't heard that said to you in a long time from an individual. It may be that the devil's been telling you day in and out, God don't love you. And when, they, when you just heard that today, the Holy Spirit said, it's true. <laughs> he does love you. And that word that you spoke became hope, a thing in someone's life. And that thing is going to expand the kingdom of God in their heart and in their life. And so how can we be that person? Today we're going to talk about seven characteristics, seven characteristics of a prophetic lifestyle. Because last week we did altar calls and people came forward. We had had hundreds, I don't even know how many thousand people came forward last week in all the services. Uh, 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 Probably almost a thousand, almost a thousand just in this building. And said, I want to be, okay, now what do you do now? So, hey, you give the Lord a hand. Come on now, come on now. Let's keep going. Let's keep going, okay? We don't want to, hey, I want to lose weight. I want to get in shape, but I ain't going to the gym. So let's keep going, okay? (laughs) Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's read this. We're not going to put up on the screen. I don't want you to get lazy and get dependent on the screen. So I'm just going to read it. Nah, 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 nah. You got to look at someone next to you. (laughs) Don't get lazy. Don't get lazy. (laughs) Chapter 1, verse 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth, In the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. Basically, the words of Jeremiah, that means he wrote this, during the days of King Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. In the 13th year of his reign, Jeremiah prophesied from 626 B.C. to about 587 B.C. It came to pass in those days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, Until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Very specific. God's word is very specific. Look what it says. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. We're going to talk about that. Before you were born. Everyone say before I was born. Mm-hmm. Let's keep reading. Then I said, ah, Lord, I cannot speak. I am a youth. I'm only a kid. And the Lord said, shut your mouth. Do not say, I am a youth. Do not say, I am a youth. For you shall go to all whom I send you. And wherever I command you to speak, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Say, Lord, touch my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I put my words in your mouth. Say, Lord, put your words in my mouth. See, I I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root up, out, and pull down, to destroy and throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he said, I see a branch of an almond tree. And the Lord said, you have seen well, for I am there ready to perform my word. Say, perform my word. When God says something, he does it. I'm going to give you the seven fillings and then we're going to go back to, to number one. Number one, write, this, write these in down and we're going to talk about them. Number one, prophetic people are from all walks of life. We'll talk about that in a minute. Prophetic people are from all walks of life. 
Prophetic people are from all walks of life. Number two, prophetic people are a fulfillment of a prophetic utterance. Everyone say, ooh. You are the fulfillment of God saying, let there be you. <laughs> we'll get to that. Number three, let me, let me just get through these because I'm not going to finish them. I just want to get them out. Prophetic people are aware of the times. Prophetic people are aware of the times. We'll come back and talk about what these means. Prophetic people are aware of the times. Number four, prophetic people communicate what they hear. They communicate what they hear. Are y'all with me? Prophetic people represent God to people, cities, and nations. People, cities, and nations. Prophetic people walk in the favor of God. Say favor of God. Yes, God, give me favor. Say God, give me favor. You don't want man's favor over God's favor ever, ever. Prophetic people walk in the favor of God. And number seven, prophetic people live a sacrificially obedient lifestyle. It ain't about you. Say it ain't about me. Number one, prophetic people come from all walks of life. You may be saying, well, uh, can I be a prophet because I'm a kid? You know what Jeremiah said? Lord, I can't do this. I'm only a youth. And God said, shut your mouth. There's a young lady that I, she gives me words of knowledge. I'll call her mom up because she's too young to have a phone. She's six. She's six. Her name is Charlie. I call her Chuck. We've never met. But she gives me words. I say, I call her mom. I say, Carrie, tell, tell, tell Charlie I need a word. And, and, and she'll text me back. She says you're really thirsty. This is true. Really thirsty. She, she, she sees prophetically. She, she said, you're really thirsty. Are you thirsty? I was dehydrated. I was pounding water. Prophetic people, prophets in the Bible are men and women. Women, if the, if the Bible, if the devil ever told you or some guy ever told you you can't do something in the kingdom of God, say, just say, but the Lord said. <laughs> but the Lord said. There, Miriam, Holder, Deborah were prophets, prophetesses. Isaiah's wife was a prophetess. Prophets are rich and poor. Prophets worked in government. Daniel worked in government. Isaiah was a relative of a king. Prophets were farmers. Amos was a farmer. It don't matter. God just wants you to be surrendered. So you are eligible. Everyone say, I'm eligible. <laughs> say, God has a Paul on my life. Number two, prophetic people are a fulfillment of a prophetic utterance. This one tripped me out. When God showed us to me. Look what it says. Look what it says in, in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before. Everyone say before. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you or set you apart. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now what does, what does it say? Before you were even in the womb. What does that mean? You, all of us, were eggs in our mother when our mother was in her mother's womb. Okay, y'all, okay. Let me give you some science. Let me give you some science. Some of y'all are like, hey, that's, that's weird. That's how Let me give you some science. <laughs> Women have all their eggs before they're born. Did y'all know that? F fellas, did y'all know that? Yeah, okay. I assume all the ladies know that. 
some of y'all are like, what's an egg? <laughs> <laughs> when your mother was in your mother's womb, the egg that became you was already there. And before you were born and in your mother's womb, before I formed you, we'll get to that in a minute, I already knew who you were. And I already had a purpose for you. Please don't think you grew up and had an idea to be what you are. Now, unless you jacked your life up, that's on you. <laughs> but God's purpose for your life is God's purpose for your life. The reason I got drafted to the Rams and got cut and played here was because God had a plan for me to do this. Now, that's way above my pay grade. And here's, here's how cool that was. I went to this very small school, 2,500 people. It was like a big high school, my college, my university. They had never had a winning season in football. It was just big, really small time, Division Three. We just started. Make a long story short, when I wanted to play in the NFL, someone gave me a phone number to an, a football agent who negotiated my contract. And guess where his office was? Right across the street from the stadium here in San Diego. And I'm in Connecticut. And I'm in practice with the Chargers looking at his office going. And I used to stand there going, how did that happen? And God said, before I formed you in the womb, I ordained you to come here to do what I called you to do. Every single one of you. Now watch this. He says, before I formed you. Uh, Isaiah, uh, uh, um, Psalm 139 says, you, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully and marvelously made. Marvelous all your works and that my soul knows whatever else. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. You knit me together. If you ever see a body with no skin on it, it's a picture we're going to show you here. And you're going to see the muscles is the red and the fascia, which is connective tissue, is the white. And it's crocheted together. God said before I did all that, by the way, and then you have tendons which connect your muscle to your bones. And then you have ligaments which connect your bones to your muscles. And then your cell, your DNA is actually a double helix twisted together. He said before I did all that. You're not an accident. You're not an accident. Now, it may have been Wednesday night, your parents were just sitting around and they said, hey, it's Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? Let's kind of like, ain't nothing happening, nothing on TV. And while we, hey, 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 come on, hey, girl, hey, girl, hey. And then, and then all of a sudden they got pregnant. <laughs> but it was the Lord God that set up the circumstances. And the Lord God that said, <laughs> And then all of a sudden they said, we're pregnant. And by the way, by the way, by the way, maybe you never met your dad. And maybe your mom can't even remember who he is. You're not an accident. God has a purpose for your life. Because he knit you in the womb and he had a purpose from before the foundations of the earth. The purpose, the purpose he has for your life is ordained in heaven. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, according to the manifold wisdom of God, he preordained and predestined your life to be something. The question is, are you going to fulfill it? Are you going to walk in it? Because you can walk against it. But are you going to walk in it? And when you walk in it is when you have the most fulfillment in your life. When you are faithful in the little things, God will bless you with bigger opportunities you could ever ask or imagine. That's when you're going to start walking in the favor of God. The favor of God is not God all of a sudden gives you these advantages. God says, this is what I always wanted you to do. 
Ephesians 2.10 says, you are my workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that I prepared way before the foundations of the earth. And when you say, Lord, I want to walk in that. I want to fulfill my prophetic purpose. What does that mean? That in Genesis, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And it was good. Let there be fish. And there was fish. And it was good. Let there be plants with a seed in them that they can reproduce after their own kind. And it was so. And it was good. Then God said, let there be Jimmy. Let there be Jane. Let there be Tanisha. Let there be Huyo. Let there be Mr. Wong, which is my great-grandfather from China. For real, Mr. Wong. They call him Charles. <laughs> it's 100% true. <laughs> and Mr. Wong went to, from China to Jamaica and had babies with three women. The first woman, he had one child. And that one child is my grandma. And then she had a son, and then he had a son. God, God can, he works stuff. And here's what God said, let there be Mr. Wong. Let there be you, let there be you. And then he said, you are good. And then he said, I have a purpose for you. And then the devil comes along and says, I have another purpose for you. But you never distinguish the two voices. You just, you just gravitated to the one that felt, made you feel better. It's like that girl at the, in the grocery store and she's walking around and some guy just tells her what she wants to hear. And next thing you know, she's with a knucklehead. <laughs> because she didn't listen to God, she listened to what she wanted to hear. God has a prophetic purpose on your life. And that purpose is that you would be a mouthpiece or representation of his voice on the earth. What he wants to say, not what your friends want you to say or your family wants you to say. Number, number three, prophetic people are aware of the times. Hmm. Jeremiah 1.3. It came to pass also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the, the carrying away of, of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. What does this mean? The Bible tells in the very first three verses, and if you read through the prophets, you're always going to see in the very beginning of each book, it will tell you who the author is and when it was written. What was going on? The context. And in that context where the Israelites, the Jews, were sinning against God, Jeremiah was sent to tell them, God is going to judge you with Babylon and take you into slavery if you do not repent. That was his job. And they didn't repent. They went into slavery. They were taken out of uh, Israel and taken to Babylon. Slaves. Matter of fact, Jeremiah was taking slaves to Egypt as well. But the point is that, is that context, that was going on at the times. You live in a time when Donald Trump's the president. You live in a time with the Me Too movement. You live in a time when immigrants are being separated from the family coming over the border and there's a controversy about that. You live in a time when there's racial division. You live in a time when the Chargers left San Diego two years ago. <laughs> hey, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I'm not trying. You live in a time when there's, there was two mass shootings last week. The, why is this important? 
Because the devil doesn't want you to engage God's prophetic word into the times. He wants the times, the culture, the word of your friends and family to dictate what comes out of your mouth. When I was, last week I was talking, talking about this and I said, God has called us to be kingdom-minded. And then I mentioned something about what was going on. And someone on Instagram said, oh, I'm really disappointed that you were talking about being kingdom-minded. Then you mentioned man's kingdom. No, no, no. You, you were missing the point. God has called us in this kingdom, in this divisive world, sinful, fallen world, globally, to bring thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. What you don't want to do... What you don't want to do is say, well, that's not related to the Bible. It is absolute. We have to speak life. The problem is, is that we're so caught up in the opinions of the world having to pick one side or the other that we can't speak God's word. For example, if someone said, hey, let's, let's pray for that little, those little kids that got their parents taken from them. Just forget your politics. Can you do that? And just have compassion for a little girl and little boys that got their parents taken. Well, that's the law. So can you just put that aside for a minute and speak compassion for a little child that came out of school? Can it, can it just be that simple? Can you say, hey, we need to pray for our president to speak positively about everybody? Can you say that without feeling like, well, if I say that, I'm going to be against it. And can you just say, he can bring so much and we need to pray for him. Can you say that without having to feel like, well, people are going to think what they think. But can you say that freely? Can you say, hey, look, we want to pray for the family of those shooters and pray for the shooter. That God would visit that dude. Can you say that? Matter of fact, um, next week I'm going to talk about how to speak a word to somebody, how to be an encouraging word. And by the way, whenever you speak a word to somebody, you're always speaking and building into the spirit, never against the flesh. The week after that, I'm going to interview a former white supremacist. And we're going to talk about all that in the context of what we're talking about today. You need to know the times. So when you go to your job and you go to your house and people start talking about it and they're saying, well, what about this and what do you believe in? Well, here's what I believe God is saying. We need to pray for those people. We need to encourage those people. We need to unite each other. Here's what I believe God is saying. We need to have compassion for each other. And when people start pulling you to one side or the other, say, look, hey, 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 I'm not trying to sell a book. It happens to be sitting right here. <laughs> There's a third option. And the third option is the gospel. And the third option, and, and you may think it sounds like your side or my side. I'm just saying here what God says. Can you do, as a, as a, as a prophetic voice, do you know the times and do you, are you hearing God's word and what he would say to you and how he would want you to express his love today? Number three, number four, prophetic people communicate what they hear. And by the way, not only what you hear, but how you hear it. Chapter 
1, verse 6, he says, Ah, Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. And the Lord said, But do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to whom I will send, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid for their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. You know what God says? Is, Listen, whenever you go speak somebody someplace and you're going to say my word, you're going to be all nervous that people are going to reject you, not going to like you. He says, don't worry about that. Whenever I'm speaking in places, I'll see people sometimes like this. And they'll say, you're not connecting, you're not connecting. I'm like, and, and I say, yeah, that's messed up. I'm not connecting. And the Holy Spirit say, no, he hasn't slept all night. He worked all night and he tried to come to church and he just couldn't make it. Or he don't like you, but that don't mean everybody else don't like you. <laughs> don't worry about it. He says, Jeremiah, I just want you to say. Next week we talk about speaking words to people and encouraging people. You're gonna, God's going to give you stuff that means nothing to you. But it means everything to the person you say it to. And you just have to say, in love, Here's what God says. Number five, prophetic people represent God to people, cities, and nations. Prophetic people represent God to people, cities, and nations. In other words, some people, God wants to give you a word for individual at your job and your family. But some people, some people get words for cities. Some people get words for nations. Again, those are very specific callings on people's life. Next one, number six, prophetic people walk in the favor of God. How many of you want to walk in the favor of God? Oh my gosh, what does that mean? That means that when you go to knock on a door for opportunity, if you have the favor of God, what happens is when you do this, the door, and you're like, how'd that happen? God, God's been waiting for you to knock on the door. And you walk and say, and they go, oh, we've been waiting for you. Some of you are going to go to a job interview. Some of you are going to go to a job interview this week, and they're going to sit there and listen to you the whole time. At the end of it, they're going to say, we had already decided to hire you before you said a word. And you sat there for 20 minutes all sweating bullets. They're like, are they going to like me? I don't know. Am I making sense? They're like, just wait for you to be quiet and then we're going to hire you. <laughs> Why? Because you walk in the favor of God. Why? Because God wants you to be in, listen, God wants you to be in that job. Listen, God wants you to be in that job. Listen, God wants you to be in that job. Listen, 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 listen. Look, 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 Linda, 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 listen. God wants you in that job because he has a word for someone there. Ooh. God has you where you are now. If you want to live a prophetic life, what does he have you to say to the people where you're right now? I'm playing football. I'm playing football. I'm playing football. I'm going to charge you. I'm going to autograph. Yeah. Oh, you're a dumb drunk. Oh, yo, 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 yo. And God's like, oh, whatever. Save that boy. Okay. Now I love Jesus. Now I'm going to show you why you're here. You thought it was that. No, no, no. It's this. The guy who discipled me, he was with the team one year. He played like 10, mostly with Seattle, but he played one year here. And if you ask him today, he says, I went to San Diego for one reason. To disciple me and two other guys. That was it. That was it. And he left. He planted a seed, a big, deep seed, and then he left. That was his purpose. What's your purpose? What's your purpose? Remember, God wants to give you a word that turns into a thing that expands the kingdom of God. If all you're doing is doing a thing to expand your kingdom and buy stuff that doesn't expand the kingdom of God, well, you're missing the point. 
Lastly, this is the last one, then we're going to pray. Prophetic people. Live a self-sacrificially obedient lifestyle. Say it ain't about me. Say it ain't about me. Say it ain't about me. Jeremiah 16.1.2, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, you shall not take a wife nor shall you have sons or daughters in this place. In other words, you're not going to get married and have any kids in this place. It's too evil. And Jeremiah said, okay. Can God control your life like that? And here's why. He said, Jeremiah, this place is too evil. It's going to be too hard. You know, just don't, I, I, I don't want you. I, want, I don't want you. I'm not saying if you're a prophetic, you don't get married. I, but he said, I don't want you to have that distraction in this place in your time in your life because I have a purpose for you. There are going to be things that God says to you, to you. I don't want you doing that anymore. Because if you do that, it's a distraction with me because it distracts you. Don't worry about anybody else. God will have you change your life and adjust your life based on what he knows about you. By the way, not what he guesses about you, what he knows about you. Just like the devil knows you. The devil knows your insecurities and he knows how to press your buttons. So does God. He knows how to bless your buttons. So we're going to pray here in a minute in all the campuses. And there's a lot of y'all in here saying, listen, I, I, want, I want to be, I want to fulfill my prophetic utterance, purpose. I want to fulfill my purpose. God, God brought me into this earth for a prophetic reason that I would be a voice, that I would represent his message to the world, not just to do my thing. And I want to learn to walk more and more in it amidst all this drama around me. And by the way, there is drama. <laughs> so in a minute we're going to pray and I'm going to challenge you to stand. We had altar calls last week. We had Almost a thousand people just in this room here. But it took three altar calls. And I know on the other campus they were doing multiple altar calls. Come on, come on. Listen, if God speaks to you, just go. If God tells you something and you don't do it, here's what happened. God told you something, the devil said don't do it, and you went, I'm going to listen to the devil. <laughs> That's what that means. So are you prophetic for the devil, or God, or the devil? I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm trying to bring to clarity what obedience looks like. Because when you go to work tomorrow and God says, and there's chatter, 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 and God says, say this, and you go, uh, that's the point. It's in those moments that you say, you know what, God, I feel just led to tell you that God doesn't see you like that. He, he sees you so much better. That God loves you and, and I know you had a rough this, but God can restore what the locusts have eaten, which is a verse in the Bible, what the world has chewed up in your life, God can bring back to life. That you would just say that or you would be that voice to people. And, and what we experienced in the beginning when we said God sees you and God loves you, that you could be that to people. The fruit of that kind of lifestyle, you don't do it for this. But you're talking about seeing the favor of God on your life because God can now trust you with his word. God can trust you to not back down when everybody else is saying one thing and he wants you to say something else to bring light to a dark situation. That's what he needs. He doesn't need us to blend in. 
God made you one of a kind. You know, there's, no one in, there's nobody like you. Fingerprint is yours. Eye, vein print in your eye is only you. Your DNA is only you. There's so many individual, unique, one of a billion character, one of billions characteristics that set you apart from all the seven billion people on the earth. Why? Because God made you to be an individual. To stand out for his glory. Because he is so creative. He didn't want you to be like anybody else. Say, I am like nobody else. That's for sure. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, I pray you challenge us to want to hear you. Want to walk in your truth. Want to represent your word to this world. Hope to this world. Holy Spirit, you have spoken to so many people here today that say, you know, I, I, I want to be that person. I want to live and fulfill my, the prophetic purpose of my life. I want God to speak to me. I want to be a source of life to people. Pray this prayer with me if that's you. Pray, dear God, I surrender. I'm yours. I want to live for you. I want you to use me. I want to fulfill my prophetic purpose. I want you to give me words. I want you to give me visions. I will communicate them faithfully. And watch what you do. I want to be your voice in our culture, at my job, in my family. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand up. If you prayed that prayer, I'm only going to do one altar call. We don't have time to do multiples and keep calling and keep calling and keep calling. So if God spoke to you, just do it. You have to get in the habit of obeying God the first time as fast as possible and as completely as possible. So if you prayed that prayer in all the campuses on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand up. One, two. Three, stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 God bless you.